Well, hello again and welcome in wherever you are today, wherever you're listening from. I'm so happy to have you over to feast upon God's word together. Get your plate ready today and take a seat. It's the 44, which is Matthew 4, 4. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's eat. I'm your host, Jed Yancey, from the Central Church of Christ in Ocala, Florida. And uh, man, because like this whole thing is pre-recorded a few days before release on uh, Fridays or sometimes a, a week or two in advance, depending on what I have going on. I totally forgot to mention last week that uh, we are now officially into season three. And although season one was a, a bit abbreviated, because I began halfway through the year. Um, here we are in season three. And, and the other day, I went back and I listened to that very first episode. And, and boy, have we come a long way. Uh, terrible audio. I, I think I recorded it without a microphone, just straight into an iPad and and uh, really had no idea what I was doing. And so, you know, fast forward here we are, season three, uh, January of, of 2024, and I just, I can't thank you guys enough for listening. Um, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in, for being a part of this growing show, but uh, uh, but to God be the glory. Uh, great things He has done, and great things He will continue to do, and Lord willing, I pray for many, many more years of the 44 podcast to reach and to teach people uh, that are hungry for the food that he provides us through his word. Now, today, I want to point you to one of my uh, favorite stories in all the Bible, but I can guarantee you it will likely not be a part of of the story uh, that you're familiar with. The, The story is that of Nehemiah. And now I'm not a huge fan of of saying something is my favorite when it comes to God's word and all that it contains, because to say something is my favorite, uh, you know, likely means that to you and you hearing that, that maybe I find this to be more important than all the other books or all the other verses or or what have you. So really all I mean in saying that is that in my opinion, uh, it is my favorite book of the Bible because there's not another book um, that I don't think w- with with more inspiration, uh, more practical lessons that we can draw from it, application, and uh, I mean, it's all men's favorite thing. There's some action in it as well. Um, now, if you're anything like me, I-, I would say that over the years, being a Christian, I've heard most lessons taught from this book center around uh, the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. Uh, if you know the story, it, it was and still, I mean, it is a, a pretty phenomenal accomplishment um, that they rebuilt those walls. But but that's not where I want to go today. It's something else, because after the wall is rebuilt in 52 days, the people, uh, we find them and, and we can read that they're praising God. They They worship and then they pray in chapter 9. They set in place this agreement amongst themselves to go back to living the way God wants them to live. They're going to be obedient to him. And then in chapter 10, we get the details of 
of what specifically they've agreed to do. And chapter 11 and, and 12 lists out a whole bunch of names who have signed this agreement that they've made, this pact that they've made. And that's usually the next stopping place for folks reading this. If it's not chapter six, where they finish rebuilding the wall, it's right when they come across the list of all these hard to pronounce names. But as you keep going into chapter 12 of Nehemiah, we read that all the all the people assemble on top of the wall that's been rebuilt. And what they're about to take part in is this dedication of the wall. Now, if you hang in there with me for just a second, like let me take you back because at the beginning of this book in chapter four, we read that there were some some enemies that lived in the surrounding areas of of Jerusalem um, that that not over just the fifty two days that they were rebuilding, but for years, decades, hurled abuse at them um, and, and fought against these people, and in the past. It had always been in those moments where they got discouraged and they quit the rebuilding or or they stopped doing this or that. And yet at this point that we're about to pick up with, it's done. That's over. They've overcome. And so as we go back to chapter 12 in this dedication of the wall, after learning and, and reading about the organization and the placement of, of certain groups of people like singers and leaders and, and where they were going to be on the wall during this dedication um, and, and whatnot, this is, this is what the Bible says next. And on that day, the day of this dedication of the wall, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them great joy. Even the women and the children rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard from, the, from afar. Let me read this to you again, but from a different version, the NLT, which reads this way. Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day. For God had given the people cause for great joy. The women and children also participated in the celebration. And the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. Now, at first glance, there are really two things that I want to point out to you today for your 44. Number one, we learned that they're playing instruments and they're singing. And yet, let me ask you, what was it? that we read that was heard from afar. Like you go back and you think about these, these neighboring enemies, anyone within earshot of, of hearing from afar, what was it that they heard? Well, sure, they heard singing. Sure, they heard instruments playing. But, but this passage is super interesting and applicable because what was really heard from afar is described as joy. There is singing, and then there's singing with joy. There is living, and then there is living with joy. You see, you can see it, you can hear it, you can feel it, even from a distance described as being afar. And you know what? It doesn't even require a collective group of people to project the joy that God has set within each and every one of us. You see, 
The second thing that I think is important for us to understand is that while we read of this great accomplishment of rebuilding this wall and now the dedication of it, these people are under some really depressing circumstances. Like they're faced with some of the most difficult times imaginable and and the circumstances surrounding them, like outside of this wall being rebuilt and restored would not be the kind of circumstances that would necessarily incite what is heard from afar, which is joy. And yet on this day of dedication of this wall, they made a choice. And what was their choice? Joy, exponential joy, heard from afar joy. So I want to ask you today, what is your choice? I mean, I'm I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Like, we're faced with some of the most difficult times imaginable. The circumstances that surround most of us are not good and thought about too hard and too long are depressing. And while some of the stuff out there may not directly have its effect on me, it's still out there. Like bad news, fake news, global warming, inflation, cost of living on the increase each and every day, all things within the political realm which I'm not even going to go there, suicide rates climbing, mental health issues all over the place, industries like pornography leading the charge and making gobs of money, kidnappings, pedophiles, substance abuse, marital infidelity at an all-time high, divorce rates that are not slowing down. Y'all, like it's brutal out there and Satan is having his way. But for every one of those things that can be named, I can name hundreds of other ways that God has given you and given me reasons for great joy. So which will you choose? What is your choice? Do you care to get wrapped up into into all that mess? and mope and and moan and and grouch our way through life? Or will we decide to choose joy in the midst of all this mess and our circumstances? And actually, this shouldn't even be in question format. In fact, it shouldn't even be a question at all. The child of God should always choose and always project the kind of joy that can be seen and heard and felt from afar. And what's the coolest part about that choice and projecting that choice of joy each and every day is that it's contagious. Not only do we see that in this verse, but but you guys know that to be the case in life. I, I was a teacher for 12 years, and for most of the time that I was in education, I was teaching a remedial reading class at the high school level. Like, Name me a high school kid that, number one, wants to be in a remedial class in high school. And number two, name me a high school kid, a teenager that likes to read. Like, not just me, but teachers everywhere. One of the number one jobs that no matter what is going on in their own personal life, 
You got to bring it and you got to be happy and you got to give them joy because the Lord knows most of them don't get a whole bunch of it at home. From the second that they get off the bus, everything changes. You see, when I was teaching, I, I wanted kids to want to be in my class. You business owners out there, you want people to walk through your doors and to keep coming back and buying your product or using your service because you got something good. But you know what the best thing you got is and what really keeps people coming back? Joy in the form of a smiling face. In fact, I, I think of, of Chick-fil-A. While I love their chicken and I love their product, their sandwiches, you know what really keeps me going back? The fact that I leave there every time in a better mood. The joy that is projected from the people that work there is contagious. Wait, like it's your pleasure to serve me food? Well, aren't I special, right? I mean, we, we can look no farther than real life and, and this verse in Nehemiah that we're highlighting to see the contagious nature of choosing joy each and every day. As it says there in this verse, as we go back to it, that the women and children also participated in the celebration. And these women and children are under the very same circumstances, the very same bad and depressing circumstances and situations. In fact, I would suggest that even our kids today even if they aren't old enough to know it yet, the future doesn't look so bright as it pertains to the things that surround me and the things that surround them or will surround them in the future as they age. And yet my daily choice of joy for me and projecting that rubs off onto them. They take part. They jump in. It's contagious. And there's no greater joy in a parent's life than to see their child joyful, to see their child laughing and smiling and happy and full of joy. In fact, let me take this a step farther and say that one of the greatest things that we can give our children is the very joy that God has given us reasons to be joyful about. I want to encourage you today as we close here to smile, to laugh, to sing, to hum, to dance, to move every single day. And may your choice of joy be heard and seen and felt from a long distance and from afar. I love you guys. I thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, keep on eating.